0: Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, AKA Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode 19. Let's roll and rolling right into Christmas. I mean, th- you're likely listening to this on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, hopefully. Um, so, Merry Christmas, everybody. You know, ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Pretty exciting. But, you know, uh, Christmas probably won't be exactly what it normally is given the, uh, the status of the world, you know, global pandemic and all, but, uh, you know, screw that. Just get together with your family. Just, uh, you don't talk. It's not like you talk to anybody anyway. You just sit there in the, you know, in the corner, listen to this pod, just pretend you're doing some work, whatever. Uh, you know, just get really drunk. You know how to do it. You guys know what holidays are all about. It's about drinking and alienating your family. So just go to it now. Just kidding. Come on guys. Uh, but what it really is, is championship week. And, and, you know, I've got, I've got a great guest this week. Um, you know, a guy who really knows uh, redraft and dynasty all together. And so for championship week, we're going to, you know, we'll definitely talk some dynasty stuff. We're also going to try and break down the, uh, the slate this week. So that we got a pretty good idea of, you know, start sit. Um, you know, my guest actually writes a, a, a number of articles for the undroppables on a weekly basis. Uh, one of them, you know, being Untangle the Wire, he's he's in there, you know, helping you guys figure out your waiver wire ads each week. I'm sure you guys have read it before. The other one is money makers and heartbreakers. And, you know, that's really the focus right now is, you know, who's going to make you the money and who's going to break your heart. And so without further ado, uh, let's bring our guest on. His name is Mike Reedy. Michael Reedy. You can follow Michael Reedy at Mike Reedy, which is two E's, Mike Reedy FF on Twitter. Mike, a fellow Boston native. What's up, brother?
1: Good to be here, man. Great to be on your show finally. I've been yeah, absolutely to this just to get to talk to you. It's funny you mentioned <laughs> the uh, the drinking thing. There's studies, you know, that show that uh, people who are smarter than their rest of their relatives drink on holidays so they can put up with them. So for all of you who like to do that, you're smarter than your relatives. <laughs>
0: That's thank you for uh, for making me feel much better about myself for being drunk and babbling in the corner. <laughs> no that's our smart uh he's smart uh you know when he comes to he's got some really clever shit he'll tell you just uh wait wait for him he's he'll be up in the morning.
1: I read that article that that did that study, and I felt so good about myself. <laughs>
0: What, what if your entire family just pounds all all night and you know we're all drunk. Does that mean we're all smart or all not? I'm not sure what that means. Probably
1: all smart just don't want to deal with each other. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you can understand what my relatives drink for sure. Y'all are listening to this podcast like, dude, I don't even know why I'm subscribing. You know, this is bullshit. You know, hurry up and get to the DeAndre Swift part, you stupid babbling prick. You know, that's what I think you guys are thinking. But no, no, I'm just kidding. We we do have another prick on the show. I mean, he's an East Coast guy. And again, every time I call someone a prick they're the nicest person in the world mike reedy on twitter everybody absolutely loves him he gets along with everybody he does because he's a great guy so but he is from boston so he does have that you know that that prickishness to him uh but really i haven't been able to find it i just assume it's there oh it's there yeah
1: i laugh when people say this stuff uh so when i became chummy with like stoner it's because somebody was giving both of us a hard time on twitter and i told the guy you wouldn't fucking talk to me like this if you saw me in person. And Stone was like, I was just going to say that.
0: <laughs> well, there is truth to that. Everybody has the, uh, you know, the, the, what is it? The keyboard muscles, you know, but oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. You know, I've learned and I, I've said this before and I'll tell you again, you know, do not take anything personal that you hear on twitter because you are literally you know an avatar you're not even you it's not like he's he doesn't know where you who you are or what you do i mean literally even if they know a little bit about you they don't know shit so they're really not saying it to you they're saying it to the persona of whatever you're throwing out there on twitter so literally get over it even if they literally personally attack you get over it
1: yeah they feel safe they there's definitely
0: some there's definitely some babies out there though you know they'll block you just for like five words like saying five little tiny little words they'll block you I've seen it trust me you know what I'm talking about Reedy I know I've seen people do it to you yep <laughs> recently five innocuous words that were actually exactly true you know when you say five true innocuous words and get blocked you know you're doing something right so y'all know uh, what I'm talking about I ain't gonna call anybody out by name
1: I but, agree uh, by the way you do you're doing something right so yeah. You know, if you're, it's good to have enemies, by the way. So I I don't, I don't view that as a bad thing, right? So, I mean, uh, I'm really nice on Twitter for the most part. I'm a really positive guy. I like to be happy. Um, But, you know, there's, there's times where people push you the wrong way and you you can't take it. I guess that's the Boston, right? But at work and for us, this is kind of work in some way, shape or form. You're going to have enemies. I mean, I, yeah. I, I personally think it's a good thing and I don't even care. So, you know,
0: whatever. <laughs> I, I, I was punching above my weight a little bit, but actually, you know, it's just, you know, I don't think so. I think I've got every every bit of right to, to, to punch back a little bit. But But speaking of living their best life, speaking of having a good time, speaking of being a happy-go-lucky soul, we saw some awesome pictures of Dwayne Haskin living living his best life. God bless America, eh?
1: <laughs> I, I have to admit that uh, it's really interesting, isn't it? You know, you get this guy who's basically fighting to keep his job. He's not right now because he gets a start because everybody else got hurt, but he goes out and acts like an idiot. It's just unbelievable.
0: Yeah, it's really something. I mean, I wish, you know, it's like we do these dynasty rookie drafts and, you know, with the quarterback position especially, I, I would just love to have like a, a, two minutes of an interview with each quarterback and I'd just be like, yep, nope, get out of here. Like, you know, you got to imagine, you know, hey, bro, you like strip clubs, you know, would have been like, you know, uh, yeah, cocaine off a stripper's ass in the middle of a playoff run while, you know, it, you know while your career's in the balance, you into that, you know. Uh, just doesn't seem right. I mean, could you see like Deshaun Watson, you know, or like Drew Brees or something like that out there? You know, it's just it's never happening. You know, so no, yeah, not <laughs> not happening. You, you know, Lamar Jackson like coming out of his stone cold like st- st- trance to like, oh yeah, wait, oh yeah, I can totally go to a strip club with some strippers. to no, not happening. Like, no. absolutely not happening. It's you know? amazing. Ben, huh? ben? maybe. <laughs>
1: Maybe Ben. <laughs> Pittsburgh wouldn't publish it if, if Ben did it. They, were, they would bury that.
0: B BZ's throwing shit at the at the radio right now, as if there's a real radio. He's just, you know, throwing his ear pods around. Um but yeah, so Haskins, uh you know, honestly it, it does make his stock go down a little bit just because of decision making. But you know, I thought it was more funny than anything. Um you know, but but let's kind of jump in to what you do. You do you know a great article each week, and I think that's going to be the jumping off point for the week. Um, you know, I think it's important right now. Guys are like listening to all this nonsense, going get to what I'm going to do to win my league this week. I'm in a Super Bowl or two or twenty like poly sleepers, and I need to win them. Um, so you know, you you write an article every week, money and heartbreakers. I'm I'm guessing that this week you you gave that a lot of thought. As to who you're going to say are money makers and who are heartbreakers, because money's on the line.
1: Uh, this week, I, I've already started the research. Uh, I wanted to make sure I had it started prior to this this conversation with you. Um, I usually spend between six and eight hours gathering the information to write the article. By the way, people think you know things like this are fast, but just to have an idea of who's going to flop uh, and and who's going to produce. Uh, you know, you have to go and look and see what they're doing, look and see what the defense they're up against is doing. Uh, all those things um, factor into to who's going to produce and who's not going to produce. Um, you know, I, I would love to say I, I was 100% uh, on all of my takes there, but I'm not. More often than not, actually, I get somebody wrong as a heartbreaker. They produce and I, I didn't see it coming. Um that's that's where most of my flops come into place like i tell tell people somebody's going to suck and then they produce which is shocking
0: well it's it's the small sample right and process over results 100% of the time i mean you know yeah if you're drawing to an inside straight every time you play poker you might win you you might, and you might win a gigantic hand and think it was the best process, but it's not usually the best process. So, you know, you're, you're out there sort of showing people that drawing to an inside straight's a bad idea. And if all of a sudden, you know, the two of hearts shows up, or, you know, the five of hearts shows up and they win their hand, that doesn't mean that you were wrong. You, your advice is right. And sometimes it just doesn't work out. And so the the, the research is where it's at. And I would strongly urge other people to, rather than just criticize an analyst, actually review the process because that's really where it's at. And, you know, for a lot of us, we have busy lives, busy, you know, uh, you know, lots of stuff going on, kids, work, whatever the case, you know, uh, strippers and strip clubs and all the things that we must do to be prepared for our work day the next day. And, you know, and so it's hard to put in those six to eight hours when you're up till two, three in the morning you know, um, at the local strip joint. So these are the things that committed people have to rely on is, is people like Mike Reedy to write the article, but process over results, brother. And don't ever give it up. I mean, you know, so I want to hear, you know, let's, let's start with, um, you know, let's start with, uh, you know, the, the Friday slate because Merry Christmas, guys, you know, you're probably listening to this hours before this game. I mean, if not 24 hours, maybe less. And so, well, I love this game. This Christmas game is, is right up my alley. Minnesota at, at, at New Orleans. And I'm sure a lot of people have, you know, Thielen, Jefferson, Cousins maybe in Superflex. He's actually been a, a Superflex League winner a little bit if you've had him at QB2. Obviously, Dalvin Cook, right? Kamara. You might have had Breeze stash. Do I play Breeze, right? All these different things. I mean, obviously, the receiving core. In, in New Orleans is a bit erratic, so you probably don't have shit there. Um, maybe an Emmanuel Sanders or something, but you know you're you, you know that's what we're looking at. So let's talk about uh, Friday, uh, you know Friday's game and Christmas Day game, which is a new thing too. But w- what are your what are your takes there? Uh, I really
1: like Drew Brees. M- Minnesota is is pretty putrid against quarterbacks um, and wide receivers, so. Manny Sanders should be a good play. Uh, Drew Brees should be a really good play. I I like Alvin Kamara now that Brees is starting again, right? Like that's definitely helpful. I think for Kamara as well. On on the other side, I I would downgrade that passing game a little. The the Saints' defense is actually really good. Um, so you know Jefferson, Thielen, uh, those guys, they'll, they'll get something. They should. There should be playable, right? Uh, but I, I wouldn't expect huge games from, from them. Uh, Cousins, if I had a better option, I'd probably avoid him. And if you were playing Cousins, odds are you have a better option, right? You, you were streaming him. You know, obviously you're playing Dalvin Cook, no matter who he's playing against, he's, he's going to get his and produce. Um, but I, I like Breeze and Kamara a lot this week. Uh, and if I was going to choose a wideout, out, um, and Thomas is out. I would go with Sanders to produce as well uh, for New Orleans. What do you What do you think about those guys?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree. I mean, look, Cook and Kamara are you know you're never sitting them. I mean, you'd have to have some sort of really strange situation yeah. uh, in a dynasty league where you're not playing them. I mean, it, you know, I just it's, it's inconceivable. So you're basically just hoping and praying. And and Kamara's matchup is certainly better than than Dalvin's, but Dalvin is a bit matchup proof. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so you know, Dalvin, you know, against New Orleans, who's been really good against I think they're the first number one against the run or something like that, them in Tampa Bay. I mean, it's really tough, tough sledding, but he does catch the ball to the backfield and honestly he's a little bit matchup proof too. I mean, he may not go for 180 on the ground, but he'll he'll likely get you 60, 70, 80 yards on the ground plus potential touchdowns and and certainly some catches uh as I think they're gonna need to throw it to move it. Kamara, you're 100% right. I, I touched that on the on a few pods uh, ago when when people were like, you know, they really need to let, let Taysom target the running back. It's not about that. It's about scheme. And with Breeze, the scheme is on for Kamara. And um, you're, you're right. That Minnesota passing defense, not so good. Uh, certainly, you know, gives up high volume. So I love them both. Um, ironically, in the undroppables 16-team uh, dynasty league, a, a league in which I do have Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara both going plus Ma- uh, Miles Sanders, uh, you know, maybe a little stacked in that league. Um, I am going to, I am likely going to play Emmanuel Sanders too um, as like my last flex, you know, it's kind of between him, Mike Williams, Gallup, right. It's kind of, he's in that ballpark, Zach Pascal, uh, you know, and I think, I think uh, Emmanuel Sanders is the best of them. So in that, in that, Area, yeah, a Manny should be moved up, and, and I think you got to fire him up because there's really nobody else, and Drew Brees should have a pretty uh, pretty good game there.
1: Uh, agreed. Agreed. Uh, out of the names you mentioned, I would start Sanders over all those guys, and you are 100% correct, by the way. The Saints are the toughest defense against running backs fantasy-wise. They give up 70, 78 yards per game rushing, and uh, another – 24 yards passing. So, you know, for for not Dow, probably get 100 combined yards easy in a touchdown because that's that's who he is. But it's not going to it shouldn't be easy for him to do that, you know. Um meanwhile, Minnesota's like uh relatively tough against running backs, but right. not not the same and I think Kamara'll be very active in that passing game.
0: I agree. So book it. Uh, That that ought to be a fun game. What an enjoyable, hopefully an enjoyable game. Hopefully we get the just the sort of regular Kirk Cousins, not the primetime Kirk Cousins that throws, uh, you know, four interceptions. And it's just this route. I mean, I think we all want to see a good game. And, you know, so uh, I know all the people who are rostering Thielen and Jefferson uh, are definitely hoping for the, you know, the, the good Kirk Cousins on Friday.
1: I was extremely high on Thielen in the preseason, and, and he's produced probably like I had hoped. Um, so, yeah, I, I have Thielen in, in one of my championship matchups, and obviously I'm starting him, right? So, you know, I, I think they're going to have to throw the ball, but I find it hard. Like, I, I couldn't trust Cousins. I could see him... I could see Jefferson and Thielen each getting a touchdown and Cousins still not being really fantasy viable because, as you mentioned, primetime, it could be a a four interception game for him. Who knows?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's super tough, you know, going into these types of weeks. Even last week, too, it's the same type of thing. It's like, you know, in hindsight, yeah, Jalen Guyton over, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster was a better play or whatever. But, you know, your process can't start with that that is, you know what I mean? Like I know a lot yeah, of people are really I'm not gonna
1: Guyton, uh, at all. So agreed.
0: You, you know um, what I mean? But like, just looking at your, your team going, you know, I mean, and and sometimes we just kind of know it's coming to you. you're like, dude, it's not going to happen. I, I got shitty matchups, but it's really tough to pivot away from your studs because it's just as easily, you know, again, we'll talk about process. It's just as easily that, you know, you make that fancy dancy move and, you know, Guyton ends up with, you know, two targets, one catch. And, you know, Juju has 15 targets for 10, you know, I mean, it. You know, you kind of have to still play your studs. I I try to split the difference and look at, you know, the sort of those tertiary players and and try and pick the right ones, i.e. the Emmanuel Sanders versus Gallup type of situation, which, you know, you're you know, that that's where I think your decisions should be should be met. Saturday, day after Christmas, we have three more games, which is really a new a new deal here. We we get games Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, which is outstanding. So, you know, you can basically just, you know, drift away uh with aforementioned booze and and do that, you know, just be liquefied all weekend and and just watch all these all these games can be outstanding. We're gonna go to Saturday. The first game there is I think the only, well, not the only game, but the best game of that Saturday, even though it's not a very good game. Tampa Bay and Detroit at least hopefully we will get some scoring in that game. Although that's San Francisco, Arizona might do something. But Tampa Bay, Detroit, uh I I see some points at least on one side, if not Maybe in comeback mode for Detroit. I, I would think this is going to be a little bit of a wide open game. You know, sort of a prime time affair. What do you think?
1: Well, I mean, the way Brady's played this year against weaker competition is he produces, and and Detroit's definitely something I would call weaker competition against quarterbacks in the past. Um, Brady, Brady. I mean, he didn't look great in the first half, week fifteen, <laughs> which which is. Uh, been pretty standard for him, even against weaker competition, by the way. And then the second half, he explodes when they're when they're um, chasing to to play catch up. The, We've seen
0: that. We've seen that story before, haven't we? Yes, yes. And somebody keeps telling me system
1: QB in the first half, and then they vanish in the second half. Um, you yeah. know who they are um, Tw- and I twenty twenty like, eight three. Never forget. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but the but the the Lions are you know the seventh. Friendliest defense to quarterbacks in fantasy, right? So, so Brady's going to get his this week. And if you if you have Brady, I'd probably start him. You're, you're more than likely looking at 300 yards and three touchdowns. Um, Fournette uh, is going to be the running back. I do believe uh, Ronald Jones is out this week. I read that earlier. And Detroit is the worst <coughs> fantasy defense against running backs. So. You know, you're looking at guys like Fournette. Fournette and Brady are, like, basically no-brainers, right? You should be starting them if you have them. And Fournette, uh, I, when I wrote the waiver Wire article, by the way, I didn't know Ronald Jones, if he would be out or not. That that news came out at, like, 5 p.m. today, I think. Um, it, Jones is out. Fournette's going to start at him. Uh, I would probably make him a priority add up there with, like, Le'Veon Bell um, and and Henderson from the Rams if he's out there. Bingo. Uh, Detroit is really bad. Like they give up 117 yards per game rushing and another like 45 passing to running backs. So, you, you know, mixing two TDs there as well, the running backs and Fournette is really going to be the only real, well, I guess not. You have McCoy, but Fournette's going to get the majority of the touches. You're looking at another potential two TD game for him. Um, what are you feeling about the wide receivers from Tampa Bay? Scott,
0: not very good. Not very good considering that uh, you know, I had Chris Godwin and you know uh <laughs> you know on a, on a couple of uh championship hopeful teams that didn't pan out. Uh Leonard Fournette was great um, last week. Obviously, he was you know he scored two touchdowns. I mean, he you know, he, he was only three and a half yards a carry and and five yards of catch or whatever. So he didn't necessarily produce too much against the soft Atlanta defense, but he's also got that breakaway speed. So he could break one and, and they're certainly going to use him on the goal line. Here's another storyline with Tom Brady that you didn't mention. I think it really, I'm surprised you didn't, you know, obviously he was feeling some heat from his backup and they, they got rid of him. Josh Rosen now, uh, you know, in San Francisco. So I think Tom Brady, no chance of him being pulled mid game for Josh Rosen, uh, you know, which I think it, Can't go understated.
1: (laughs) Ah, You're killing me. You're killing me with that.
0: You know, I mean, it was always in the back of his mind, I think, and Ah, now he's free to fire.
1: (laughs) Josh Rosen off the practice squad. I'm sure that was in the back of Tom's brain. You know what I'm saying? I mean, obviously. You know what you're saying? You know, uh, on the, the flip side with Detroit, for the first time in a while, I don't like DeAndre Swift this week. Right. Tampa Bay's um, uh, top 10 defense against the run. Uh, I, I don't like the Detroit running game this week. I've actually – I think uh, I was pushing Swifty multiple times when he wasn't playing. I didn't find out he wasn't playing until after I, I wrote Moneymakers and Heartbreakers. And then the last time I was pushing Swifty, I – I had uh, Peterson as a play, and Swift played and had a great game. And I, I had mentioned this is if Swift doesn't play, Peterson should do very well. They had a very soft stretch of their schedule there. Um, that's not the case this week. You know they're 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 running into a team that's that's actually really good against the run. Um, we'll see how they they do with that. Uh, that Stafford, I believe, is going to play right now. That that's the thought process there but you know that that offense is going to have to throw a lot I think
0: yeah Um, yeah it's kind of a mess there I mean the one thing I'll say about Swift though if they are going to have to throw a lot he hasn't played more than 16 excuse me he did play 17 running downs once but really he's only played over 10 running downs four times all year so he's you know five five six six nine you know he's played less than 10 running plays um, on many occasions. And even in the ones that he's played more than 10, it's 10, 13, 15, you know, up to 17. That's it. And in the last three games in a row, he's played 27 passing downs. So he is their passing down player. Um, and if they're going to have to pass, he may get a little bit more. That being said, it's still not going to be easy uh, to, to to score against Tampa Bay. They're pretty tough. But, you know, I could, I could see him sort of being a backdoor you know, cover type of player this week where, you know, it's 14 nothing in the late in the first quarter and and, you know, he ends up playing 30, 30 passing downs, you know, and 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 receives, you know, five to ten targets and maybe scores a touchdown that way, you know. But I agree with you. He's certainly not gonna he's not gonna pound the ball 20 times. I mean, he doesn't even play 20 running downs. So that ain't happening. Um and they've sort of sort of used uh Adrian Peterson as that sort of that grinder. So yeah, it's murky for sure and but the game flow may actually lead to to Swift's uh you know Swift's play. But w- I'm with you. It's certainly not a not a place I'd like to be on championship week. But if you must, and it's PPR, you could do worse than DeAndre Swift potentially.
1: You're gonna play him if you have him, I would think, unless you yeah, have other options. And, and, and the kid is so good. When when he had the concussions, I, I was very worried that the concussion would cause problems for. Him for him as, as time goes on. Cause I think it was Adrian Peterson said that he just didn't look right. Um, cause he's good. <laughs> Swift. He's really good. Better than I thought he would be. Like he's a very good player,
0: but well, he's um, played, <clears throat> he's played 11 games and he, seven times he's had five targets. So, you know, but that's his ceiling by the way he's only had the most five targets so you know um kind of interesting i guess what i'm getting at here is if they if they play him you know he's probably going to get five targets you know he, he he's not you know i don't know it's it's definitely a tough one I, I just don't see him scoring a rushing touchdown against that that Tampa Bay defense but it's certainly possible you know that that two touchdown game Adrian Peterson had i can't remember when that was that was like against uh ah damn i don't even remember who that was but it was like you know Damn, I can't remember who it was, but it it was against a great running defense, and and he had like you know ten carries for like five yards, but two touchdowns, and he like brought you positive return uh, one week. The you know so you can always sneak it in, but yeah, I I I think that you know Swift is a little bit of a a, 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 of a dangerous play, Uh, but let's move to another game where I I am struggling to find some some solid plays. Um, you know, really anywhere. I mean, but San Francisco against Arizona in Arizona, so they're both at home. Whatever, dude. So weird. But, um, right. Uh, so double home game for the two teams. But, you know, ultimately it's going to be a fast track. But, you know, San Francisco is hurting, obviously. They just got injuries everywhere. You know, it doesn't sound like Mostert's playing. You know, Jeff Wilson's going to be fired up. They've got quarterback issues. Even when they're healthy, they're not good. It's like, so, you Kittle know.
1: Kittle might play. Kittle might not play.
0: Certainly hope he doesn't. Um, you know, they're obviously playing for nothing. And, you know, I, Kittle's my boy as he is. I mean, he's everybody's boy. Everybody loves Kittle. Um, yeah. But uh, I just don't want to see him get hurt. I don't want to see him get hurt either. I'd prefer they what, don't play him. Yeah. What do you got in this game?
1: Uh, Kyle and Murray rushed for 91 yards week one against San Francisco. Uh, the defense is a little bit different probably now with, with injured players as well. He... They had a really good game actually against them. So, you know, as much as their, their, their defense is, is, um, top 10 against quarterbacks, it, it's kind of hard to just rule Kyle and of this one for me. Right. Um, he's, he's produced against this team. Arizona, for some reason, uh, the past couple of seasons, well, last season and this season, they've been able to run the ball against San Francisco when when, when San Fr- other people were, would struggle with that. So I, I'm expecting Kyler Mari to have a decent game. I, I wouldn't go out of my way uh, to play him on DFS on Saturday. I would probably play Breeze if I had a choice, um, which you do. Uh, but Mari should have a regular game for him, I would say, you know, like, Probably going to have two touchdowns total, 230 yards passing, and some yards rushing, right? Um, You're going to play Hopkins championship week if you have him. I wouldn't go out of my way to play any of the other receivers. Uh, Kenyon Drake uh, is is someone, if you have him, you probably survived the whole season (laughs) without him because he wasn't playing. So you more than likely have other options. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to produce much this week. I would probably sit him. Um, on the flip side, is, is is his name properly pronounced Ayuk? Brandon Ayuk is the only guy I'm I'm trusting right now. for. San I Francisco say
0: Ayuk. Ayuk just because it sounds better to me, but, you know, Brandon Ayuk. I like to say
1: Ayuk when I think he's going to do bad. That's right.
0: Ayuk when it's good. Ayuk when it's bad. That's right. It's correct. Bingo.
1: So – you know, he's the most trustworthy fantasy option, I think, for San Francisco right now. You know, when you get like 12 targets a game because there's nobody else to throw the ball to, it helps a lot. Plus, he's talented. Uh, if you must start a running back there, like say you had all your starting running backs hurt and somehow you made it to the fantasy championship. By the way, this is a scenario people actually have because i have going yep. to have questions about it. Jeff Wilson's not going to be a bad option. They like to run the ball. They run the ball well. He can he can punch it into the end zone. Not going to be a bad option.
0: Um, yeah, let, let let's put it this way, Mike. If if San Francisco does anything, it's because they were able to run the ball. Like yeah. they're not going to sit back and just throw it. And and actually, that's the best way for Ayuk to play well too is for the running game to get going. So the only way they're going to do anything is if they have that sort of running game going. Um, they don't have a dynamic quarterback. They don't have that kind of an offense. So that's their one out. They have to do it. They have to be run centric with the play action and that sort of jet sweep motion, all that, you know, stuff for them to be good. And if they get that going, that means IUK and Jeff Wilson happen. If they don't, that means they both probably don't, you know, so it's probably sort of a all in or all not uh, with that team. And I'm going to just circle right back to Kyler for a quick second. I, you know, he hurt his shoulder, <clears throat> excuse me. And, you know, he kind of went through a little bit of a, l- a lull in terms of, you know, um, yards per attempt and total rushing yards from like week, you know, 11, 11, 12, 13, kind of started to pump, uh, come back a little bit uh, against the Giants and then was all the way back against Philly. It was actually a pretty good deep. That game was awesome, by the way. A uh, little shout out to that game, man. That game. Uh, yeah, Kyler against Jalen Hurts was just really cool and probably a little little glimpse of the future and, and certainly some future playoff battles if I could bet some money on it. But, uh, you know, so I think uh, Kyler's coming back. And really, I don't know that there's very many situations where it's even possible where you're sitting Kyler. Matter of fact, maybe you are playing Breeze over Kyler. I have I had a chance to play Breeze over Kyler in a redraft uh, Super Bowl, and I'm rolling with Kyler. There's just no way. I've had Kyler in that QB slot all, all year. There's no way I'm taking him out just because of the rushing floor and, of course, the rushing upside, quite frankly. I mean, he can go for, you know, 350 passing, 100 rushing with four touchdowns. I mean, he can he has that supernova upside. And even if he really does nothing, you know, his floor is like 30, 40 yards rushing. I mean, I know he's had a couple games lower than that, but generally speaking, you know, he, he he either that or a touchdown. I mean, he's either going to give you basically 30 yards rushing or 30 yards or more and a touchdown. Like it's almost every game. So he really kind of gives you that sort of insulation of something rather than just kind of blanking, you know, a quarterback who throws for 180 yards and happens to get no touchdowns. It's like a literal, it's a crap, crap out, you know, he can't really crap out. He almost, I mean, of course he can, but he really—it's a—it's a—it's a thinner line for him to crap out on you.
1: Agreed, agreed. And I love the floor play, by the way, when you were talking yeah. about roster structure. I like to have a lot of guys with high floors, and then some guys who really boom, I like to mix into that. I find that a very effective way to to construct a roster.
0: And what's um. cool about Kyler is he's both, right? He is. He
1: is. He and and healthy. He is extremely uh-huh. high floor. An yes. extremely high ceiling. Like he's he's up there with the highest. Yeah, um, yeah. He's 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 man. He's gonna be drafted early next year, quarterback and redraft leagues.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, he sure will, and rightfully so. I mean, he can win your league. And you know, I was looking at a lot of the lot of the Super Bowls I'm in, or a lot of the Super Bowls I you know in the leagues that I'm in, and. You know, quarterback play has been a big part of it. It used to be stream quarterbacks, and you know, that's changing a little bit here uh, in terms of, you know, I think it's almost – it's it's weird. I mean, you know, I, I ascribed to the J.J. Zacharyson late-round quarterback before I knew who J.J. Zacharyson was. I mean, and I, well, uh, yeah, uh,
1: that's how I played, too.
0: Yeah, and I think he's right, but I think even he would admit – I think I have heard him say that, you know, that, that is changing a little bit, and ultimately it was always sort of finding those – you know even 2 years ago Lamar Jackson, you know Josh Allen, these these types of uh Konami code quarterbacks that can that can get you some rushing upside. Well, those guys are you know harder to harder to come by late in drafts. Um you know that sort of big upside uh high floor. So pretty interesting how it's going to be next year. I wonder how high Jalen Hurts will be drafted um or if you know that, that that's going to be the interesting one because that would be the guy I'd be targeting, you know, next year unless he skyrockets into redraft leagues. We'll have to We'll have to see. Hertz um, is yeah. going to fly up the charts.
1: And it's funny, right? we both like to talk about draft strategies and whatnot as well. Um, I, I've been a late-round QB guy forever because I find it the easiest place typically to get points. The difference is this season is that the top like 10 guys actually are outproducing the rest by a significant amount where it yes. used to be really close you know correct so so this year the top 10 guys are really outproducing other players um in the the in every single super bowl I'm in this week I am facing the team that has Josh Allen which is not a coincidence I'm sure right right, right. It's not a coincidence no. um, and and I I found it funny by the way cuz I thought I might see some other guys there like like uh Hurts who you mentioned, uh, he's probably the number one waiver add this week. Even if you didn't plan on playing him, I don't think you want your opponent to have him and have him drop 50 on you this week. Bingo. You know, so uh, someone like that, I, I know it's his only his third game. Um, uh, in, in the leagues where I'm in the championship game, I actually have put in my bids to add him. Even if I don't plan on playing him because <laughs> – I mean, I have Brady and, and Herbert in one league. Um, I, I just want to add him so the other guy can't play him.
0: Yeah, I, another another bit of Dynasty game theory advice right here. This is absolutely fantastic. I'm glad you brought this up because I did this in a league. Um, so I was starting to put my waiver wire together, and this will come out a little bit after the waiver wire, but it's still, you know, oh, well, uh, you still need to hear it because it's it's huge, and, and who knows? It actually might be something that you can do even with ad drop approaching the game when a guy might actually not be uh, looking to pick up a guy via waivers but might make a late swap and so if you look across you know and you see that your opponent has Patrick Mahomes and you have two like you have like Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray and whomever well you wouldn't normally drop Lamar Jackson but you know you might drop Lamar Jackson for like Logan Thomas if you look across and he has like a questionable tight end And you're like, I'm going to drop all these guys that he'll never play. He's not going to pick up Lamar Jackson and play him. He already has Patrick Mahomes. I'll drop him. I'm going to pick up Logan Thomas to block my guy. Now, you wouldn't do that in week three, but this is week 16. I mean, and again, not in Dynasty, but in a redraft setting when you're going for it, you know, I I make those little plays where I'm like, he's never, I don't give a shit. You know what? I mean, you know, Patrick Mahomes would have to be in a car accident for this to ever come back to hunt me. So I'm not worried, but Logan Thomas could kill me. So I'm going to drop Lamar Jackson, pick up Logan Thomas and and block that opponent. Even if I have, you know, Travis Kelsey or whatever, you know, just making this up, but you know, it's, it's, reset it, it's so after smart. Streak, right. Yes. So it doesn't matter. I, I, that's um, exactly right. It doesn't matter what your finishing roster looks like. Just yeah. drop all the things you're not playing specifically that won't help your opponent. Obviously, you know, if you look over and his WR three is dog shit, you're like, Oh my God, I'm not dropping a single wide receiver. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go pick up a couple of these wide receivers and drop, some of these, you know, backup running backs, not even backup, but like guys that he's not Chris Carson, he's not even going to play him. I'm not starting him. doesn't matter. I'm going to block him from picking up said wide receiver three that he might play. Yeah, absolutely. Those are the, those are the things that can really win it for you. Of course, then you, then you do that and he picks up some other scrub and that scrub goes off and it backfires of course, but you know, you get it. Uh, it doesn't always <laughs> backfire.
1: I, I, I picked up um, Jeff Wilson and Lynn Bowden in the league because I noticed uh, my. um, Competition had Hines as a starting running back. Had uh, Rojo out with COVID. Another running back out with COVID. And I was like, "Oh my God, he didn't even think to add these guys." So, right, I'm adding these guys, so you can't play them against me. And I won. Right? It it hurt him. Um, It's huge. Yeah, it's it's it's. uh, I'm not a guy who wants to say go add an every running back and drop them. No, I don't like that. they a wire crap. But you know, you know who's good. Add a couple of guys that are good if you can afford to. Make sure that uh, you're safe if you can. You know, it mitigates risk.
0: No, but I will. I will do the number where I have. You know, if I have, if it's the day before the game or whatever, I'll. And I know I'm not playing these guys. I'll. I'll drop. I'll do an ad drop uh, on a Super Bowl week to sort of limit my opponents opportunities i won't do the ad drop where i pick up a guy on tuesday drop him on wednesday pick up a guy on wednesday drop him on tuesday, thursday you know i won't do that nonsense but right before game you know if i'm like you know hey day before game i'm gonna just pick up a few guys that i think i would would maybe play and drop a few guys i know i'm not gonna and vice versa if i look at my opponent he's maybe gonna play pick up and play these guys i'll box them out so i think that's fair pool but i totally agree with you the pick up, drop pick up, drop you know on a daily basis so that those guys go back on waivers is a little bit that's kind of scumbaggy
1: it's very scumbag yeah I, i've had <laughs> to do it once in a league never yeah. did it again after the heat he took from the other 11 players in the league yeah but yeah it's it, it's pretty scummy
0: it's a little low down i mean we all know what it is you know you pick up five guys drop them they go on waivers pick up five more drop them they go on waivers waiver you know yes. that's just that's just nonsense but uh but yeah i mean you know uh, I, I think some of them, too, uh, the smarter uh, sites, uh, if you pick up and drop in the same day, they actually go back on a free agent or something. They don't go back to waivers, yeah, which
1: is good. They actually do now. Um, most sites do that now. I know Yeah, that. Which is good. It is good. It's also so, good in case you're an idiot and you make a mistake. And you're like, oh, no, I didn't mean to yeah, drop this cool. guy.
0: Yeah. Totally true. Uh, last game on Saturday, uh, you know, Miami basically, um, you know, uh, Miami Red Cross or Miami Dolphins, whatever their new name is, uh, versus the Vegas Raiders. I mean, Miami is really blitzed with injuries. I mean, up and down, uh, you know, their whole receiving core is out. I mean, all their running backs are hurt, uh, although their defense is still intact. And I wonder what this game looks like, too. It's kind of a funny game to me. I mean, it's a funny matchup. Um, you know, Miami is a funny team. They, they're, they've, they're overachieving. I don't know. I mean, you know, if you ask the the regular fan who their skill positions were, they they may be able to name Tua. That's it. I, I don't I don't think anybody really knows who the hell this team is. Like running backs, tight end. No, nobody knows anybody who's going to play for this team. Uh, yet they're knocking on the playoffs door. They've got you know Baltimore boxed out of a playoff spot. What the hell's going on in this game?
1: Well, uh, Miami. Skill positions are pretty much up in the air. We don't know who's playing yet, who's not playing yet. We won't know until the end of the week. Um, if if I was desperate for a running back or a wide receiver, uh, I would pay attention to that. So, like someone like Lynn Bowden could be very useful in PPR against against the Raiders, where he might get nine, nine t- ten targets again without batting an eye and have seven catches for like you know fifty yards. Um, but you know if you're desperate type of deal I, I really wouldn't be going looking at too many players in this matchup uh Las Vegas Darren Waller is a guy you're going to play if you have him or what, right he's playing yes. um if you're desperate at quarterback and you miss out on Hurts and if you're playing in the championship and you're that desperate um I'd be surprised but Mariota is going to be useful at least, right? Like, he looked really good. I watched that game. Not only did his stats look good, but he looked good playing that game. Like, uh, Marietta looked really good. Um, didn't look like the guy that, <laughs> that he was when he left Tennessee. Um, he was sharp, aggressive. Uh, I don't know what had happened to him in Tennessee towards the end there where he was not very aggressive.
0: Yeah, that's kind of the difference for him is that he did look aggressive. He threw the ball down the field, and you're right. When uh, maybe it was just that sort of, you know, leftover from that, you know, that what did they call it—the exotic Smash Mouth or whatever nonsense they were trying to talk about. Um, you know, so yeah, it's interesting to see where he is mentally. I think that's really he mentioned it in his post game. Um, you know, he kind of said, you know, physically and mentally and emotionally, it takes it takes your it takes a toll. And I think he was a broken man. I, I really do. I mean it. It makes sense. I mean, we've all been there. We've all had a job where we just hated going to work, and like we're just we're we're done. Our bodies, our souls, we're just done. Need to go. We've all been there at some point in our life, and you know we forget that these guys are men—not only men, but young men. Guys, you know, high leverage, high pressure, unbelievable. And he was a first pick of the draft, first second, whatever. Who was it, James or him? I think it was him. Then James, whatever doesn't matter. You know, first pick of the draft type of kid, and all of the pressure, right? And then, you know, it just probably came to a boiling point and he was just done. And now he's gotten a a whole new way of looking at things. I'm sure the guys love him there. I mean, from everybody that I've ever talked to, he's an amazing kid. Uh, You know, so I'm just glad that he turned it around. But he's always had the skill, right? I mean, had a very high college completion percentage, could could move great out of the pocket. He showed that. We have 100 yards rushing. I mean, he made big play after big play in that game. Threw the ball downfield, uh, threw the ball well to to Waller, set him up all day long. Um, yeah, he he might he might actually be something. Um, and I, I I tweeted that you know uh, Mariota made himself some money because somewhere some at some point next year, if he especially if he plays again and plays well, especially in this game, uh, someone's going to want him as their starting quarterback. When you consider the landscape, uh, which we started to talk about a little bit in our undroppables uh, group chat, and I had a tweet. I almost sent. Uh, I was basically a thread, and I might do it as an article. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it after the season. But I think there's a, a lot of musical chairs coming at the quarterback position. Um, obviously, there's. We'll, we'll touch upon. Actually, we'll touch upon it right now. Um, you know, we did a we did a, a a super flex rookie mock. I don't I don't think you were in it, Reedy. You know, we've got a lot of undroppables guys, and we we, we did it with a bunch of guys. And and uh, you know, we actually said Reedy's too nice a guy. He's out of here. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but uh, but we did we did a um, a mock and there were six quarterbacks taken in the first fifteen picks. Wow, uh, uh, yeah, um, and I don't think that's crazy. Uh, let's see, uh, the last quarterback was t- 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 yeah, right at two point oh three. So you know, basically five in the first round. I mean, at this point in the in the process, of course, we have no idea wh- what their draft capital is going to be. But when you project. That all these guys could have first round draft capital, you know the, the the six coming, which is Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson out of BYU, um, Kyle Trask out of Florida, who by the way did a great job of elevating his stock uh, this last week playing Alabama, just looked outstanding. I don't really watch college football, but I do catch a few games. Um, Mac Jones obviously looked outstanding. He, he elevated his stock. So, I mean, when you start talking about Mac Jones, Kyle Trask being the, the last two picks of this, you know, they might vault to the top of uh, – we have no idea. The, these guys, these six quarterbacks are going to find some fertile soil, right, in the NFL. Where we don't know, how we don't know, trade. You know, we didn't think Mahomes was going to play for Kansas City. We didn't think uh, Watson was going to play for the Texans those, those teams had to move to go get those guys. And we might see some of that stuff. And, you know, the whole process, we're not sure where this happens, but those are six. You talk about Jameis Winston. You talk about Mariota, uh, Darnold, Minshew, all these guys who could be on the move, will be on the move. It's going to be very interesting. And some of these guys are going to be left without a chair, whether it's Derek Carr or Mariota or, you know, who knows? It's going to be very interesting to watch. So, you know, if you do have – some opinions uh whether you know as a listener here you're thinking not no way they're going to replace this or then put your chips in the middle because there's some uncertainty right now so you can absolutely make some transactional uh profit if you know what's going to happen you know um it, it, you know trubisky right all these players are are, are kind of question marks so you know if you think trubisky is is done after this year i'm not saying he is i don't i, I don't have uh, strong opinions just yet because i think there's way too much noise to have a strong opinion. I'm, I'm kind of a little bit on the sideline with all this, trying to figure it all out, read the tea leaves. You know, the wentz hurt situation, which actually we should probably talk about real quick too because there's so much cool stuff going on. So, you know, I, I had put out some tweets, uh, some polls that asked the question, <clears throat> um, you know, Jalen Hurts or? So I'll ask you a couple of these and the polls were very close. So no matter what you say, you can't be wrong here, uh, and if you want to pass, you can. But I will mock you forever. Uh, so in dynasty, <laughs> J- I will, I will. I'll be, I'll be brutal. You know me. I'm a jerk. Uh, Jalen Hurts or Tua?
1: Right now, even with the small sample size, I'm probably everything.
0: You right. have to decide right this moment. You got to pick Hurts, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Right. It's crazy. Recency
1: bias and all. I know, I know I'm having recency bias on that. Uh, sample size is smaller for Hertz than Tua, but I mean, um, I'm probably going Hertz. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's close at least. And and by the way, I think the poll was super close, like 54-46. Uh, I, I
1: think it's close too. Um, it's close. You're talking uh, about two guys, though, who could be starters or who might not be starters next season. Like both of them. That's, that's what we're looking at.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, boy, I think they're both going to be starters, but you're right. Um, we, we don't know. Right. I think that's what you're kind of getting at, even though yeah, I think- they're,
1: they're, they're, they're in their test runs right now. And I mean, you know, Tua. um, I can applaud Miami for playing him. They, they, they could have easily just left, uh, Fitzpatrick in there. Um, and probably have done just as well, if maybe better than they're doing offensively. But you know they want to see what they drafted, right? Especially with the draft class coming out next year. Um,
0: and they're gonna have a uh, they're gonna have a pick. They have uh, well, the yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: right. So they right. might as well see what they have in Tua and play the long game rather than the short game. I, I applaud them for that. Actually, I think that yeah. Was and great. actually,
0: how how much better is Fitz than Tua? Even right now, it's marginal. And so if it gives you any gain long-term, the marginal drop-off, if at all, is worth it. And I don't know that there was that much drop-off. I think Tua was a little bit more conservative and not quite as prolific, but he also didn't make any prolific errors. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Tua versus Hertz, uh, you know, 430 votes. That was 53-46, 53-8-46. Wow. So basically 54-46. It was right there, Tua ahead. I would agree with you. I kind of like Hurts. It's so flipping close. So here's another one. Two, I mean, excuse me, Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields, who we've never seen throw a football in the NFL. Oh, well, then I'm
1: going with Hurts again, Um, mostly because we've never seen Justin Fields play in the NFL. I have no idea what he's capable of. I know that Hurts has taken a Philadelphia offense that was like maybe the worst in the league. And made it usable. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. not easy to do, right? Uh, and um, I had a tweet today where I said, Carson Wentz, who's he? <laughs> you know, <laughs> after this week, it, it must really hurt. Um, because <laughs> I was shocked when they drafted Jalen Hurts. Um, I'm assuming they're done with Carson Wentz um, by, by playing uh, Hurts right now. And yeah, and,
0: and our, our, our brother-in-arms, uh, Randall Kennedy, uh, Fantasy Terminator, Term, over at the Unscripted Pod tweeted, I believe he did tweet something about, hey, don't don't pour dirt on the Carson Wentz in Philadelphia just yet, as there may be more to tell in the story. And while I respect everything that Term says, because he's smart as fuck, um, I disagreed with it. I think it is over. But it made me pause. And I'm willing to hear that point of view, and but I do think it's over. I do think they're going to move Wentz. I do think they're going to find a suitor. I do think this is Jalen Hurts' time. I think they're going to look to do that rookie year thing, where you know, hey, look, this year they they groom him. Next year they do have to eat some dead money for from Wentz, but I think years three and four before the extension kicks in, they're able to certainly at least year three, they can build around a third year guy and maybe make a Super Bowl run right then and there. I think that's really what they're going to try and do in Philadelphia. And I think it makes sense, um, you know, to have that small salary, a second round salary, uh, you know, um, as their, as their hopefully elite quarterback at the time, I think it's a, a, a wise plan and to get off Wentz, I guess. I mean, I don't know that Wentz is that much better than Hurts, you know, ceiling-wise anyway. Um, you know, we we certainly haven't seen from Hurts whether or not he's able to sort of sit back and diagnose defenses and if they, you know, if they sort of keep him in the pocket. But you know what? Who cares? I mean, look, he, he has at least showed enough of that to show that he can grow into it. One thing he does do is he escapes at the right time and picks up massive chunks of yards. So, you know, even when he can't, quote unquote, make the throw, he's better at, you know, sort of accident avoidance and, and getting the hell out of there and, and making it happen on, with his legs. So, yeah, Jalen Hurts in that poll, 900 votes. Hurts beat Fields uh, 57-43. So Hurts, yeah, he's kind of that guy. Let's keep going. Okay, Jalen Hurts or
1: uh, Burrow? Burrow. Mm-hmm. I like Burrow, so I'm probably going to go borrow there. Uh, Borrow we have a bigger sample. That's why I'll choose Burrow. This is me not letting the recency bias get me, and Jalen Hurts, one good game. We have a bigger sample of Burrow. Burrow has proven he's a starting NFL quarterback and a damn good one. Um,
0: I don't hate the call. I didn't put this one up to a poll. I, I don't hate it. I mean, look, all these guys I put here because I'm trying to figure it out myself, so I love your answers. How about, how about Jalen Hurts or Aaron Rodgers in Dynasty? In Dynasty,
1: I'm going Hurts. Yeah, that's I mean,
0: right. Rodgers is is having
1: a phenomenal year right now, destroying Aaron Jones' value by forcing the issue and wanting to score touchdowns himself or throw touchdowns on the one-yard line. Yep. Um, and, and I'll admit, if you can't hear it in my voice, I'm a little bitter over it. I, I personally think um, he's kind of a douche, and he got his way. And his way was, I want to pass more. I don't want to run, even though we have this great running attack. And, you know, on the franchise. And he won that battle. So good for him. Um, whether Green Bay can win because he won that battle is a different story. I mean, they look pretty good right now. Um, I thought they were going to run more this season. I, I, he's getting older, though. So, yeah. in dynasty, I think you want to go with a younger talent. Hertz, I mean,. Again, sample size is small, but I'm going to go with the younger potential over the older player.
0: Um, so, so I would assume then, <clears throat> if I ask the question, Jalen Hurts or Ryan Tannehill, it's Hurts. Ryan
1: Tannehill is not as old, although he's not very young. I would still probably go
0: Hurts there. Yeah, it's close. See, that's right where I oh, have him. Oh. And I'm having a yeah, I'm having a hard time as to put him. You know that Tua, Burrow, Tannehill, Rogers that that sort of tier. It's like do I put him at the head of that tier, at the back of that tier, in the middle of that tier? You know, I just kind of have him right in that spot. And I've heard some, you know, some some, some hot takey Twitter stuff where people have him as, you know, top five and all this over Lamar. And it's like, look, you know, yeah, he might be. It, I like that too. It may be true though, right? So the guy may be right. Uh, in other words, maybe Jalen Hurts is that guy. It's possible. You know, he could be, he Dak. Yeah, he could be Dak Prescott.
1: It's also possible after week 17, he never starts another game in the NFL. <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, there's there's a couple different possibilities, right? And and I think it's it's closer that he's Dak than he is never going to start again. But right, the, the, those those possibilities are open, or at least the possibilities for him to be closer to Mitchell Trubisky than to Dak Prescott. I which again, I think he's closer to Dak. I'm just saying we don't exactly know. We just know he's. I, he's a really damn good athlete, uh, you know, and he's he's built oh. well too. It looks like he'll hold up, kind of like Dak. Unfortunately, Dak had the freak injury, but you know, so, Dak wasn't a ticky tack injury guy. He was holding up really well until you know the stu- you know this fucking turf. By the way, why why don't they just play? Look, here's another pet peeve of mine. Why the fuck don't they play on grass? Like grass, like fucking I, grass.
1: I I know. I, I hate that too. I, like really, the, the turf is better now than it was. It used to be like playing on concrete. By the way, right. Um, it's better than that, but it's, you know, there's a reason why guys run so much faster on turf and, and, and why guys get hurt less on grass, right? There's a reason for those things. I'd rather have the grass and less injuries myself.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and the grass they've got in Vegas and Arizona is dope where they roll it in, roll it out. You know, it's like, you know, it's, it. you can have a dome, and still have the grass. They've proven it. It's perfect. So that's the way it should go. You know, the grass gives. The dirt actually gives. So instead of your ACL popping, the fucking turf moves. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. better than – right? Than your foot sticking to the ground and your ankle snapping in half. Like hello, this is a real easy equation. Like we see it all the time. These guys are so strong. Their muscles are so strong. They're just popping their ligaments left and right. I'd rather see some some divots for lack of a better term than – divots in their fucking legs. Um, So anyway, that's my soapbox. You know, if anybody, by the way, anybody listening wants to do a a research project on on how much more often guys are tearing their ACLs per down played on this shit and make me right, that'd be great. I I, I feel like I'm right. I have no data to back up this very strong opinion I'm having right now, but it just feels like I got to be right. I mean, you know, the DAC injury was one of those where I feel like his leg would have just kind of moved. In, in the dirt had it had it been on on uh, on some sort of grass product as opposed to the that it, sort of field turf that just catches your cleat and you're done
1: there are studies on it um, I don't have them handy but I know there's studies on it and i and I believe that your very strong opinion is based on fact from things I've read in the past um, I don't know the significance of the newer turf versus the older turf but I know, like the turf of ten years ago and older was tearing up guys' knees left and right.
0: Well, there was that old turf. Remember, I, I'm old enough. You're, we're both old enough to remember. I, I remember. I played. I played. You know, uh, high school and, and and got recruited to play college, but then went elsewhere and didn't do it. But I remember I was on a recruiting trip, and they had this. They had just the the old AstroTurf. Yeah, so sure. it looks like you go touch it, and it's like it's like cement with like a uh, putting green on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, holy shit. This That's is what we had
1: at my high school. It was brutal.
0: Oh, I mean, I was like, no way. This is like, I mean, you feel like you could break your shoulder just if you fell on it. Like it just did not feel right. So yeah, that, that was, that was probably bad news, but you know, obviously the new stuff's that field turf, but it still has no give, you know, it's, it's all connected, you know, it's a, it's a one piece thing. Whereas, again, grass, you know, can can kind of be moved a bit. Yeah, and and back to the grass, I think Hurts, uh, you get hurt when you play on the grass. You know, Jalen Hurts, we were talking about him. That's how I got on this. Um, but, I, you know, Jalen, I think, is going to be in Philly. But something tells me that someone's going to make a trade for Wentz and just believe in it. Like believe that he can kind of like the reclamation project, the sort of the Mariota Tannehill situation where they're like, no, no, there's talent there. Let's take him in. You mentioned to me before the show a spot that I don't disagree with. Why don't you share it with the audience where you think he might be a, a possibility? All of his success
1: came with Frank Reich as his offensive coordinator. Um, Reich is the coach in Indianapolis right now of the Colts. Um, Rivers is obviously not a very young quarterback, and he looks very old this season. Like he's, he's producing better right now than he was earlier on, but he, he doesn't look very good. Um, I could see Reich wanting Wentz to come in there, a guy he knows, a guy he's worked with and had a lot of success with, right? I know Wentz didn't get to win the Super Bowl because he got hurt and, uh, Big Dick Nick did, but, uh, Wentz was phenomenal that season. Um, like just unbelievable that year. Uh, I could see him going there and still having success. You know, we're we're talking about a young guy here. We're not we're not talking about someone who's old when we talk about Carson Wentz. I, I don't think he's done. He if he's not in Philly, which I would be shocked if he was still there. Um, I think he'll be starting somewhere else.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. I'm I'm looking up Phil Rivers here and his contract. I think. Um, yeah, he's an unrestricted free agent in 2021. Is that right? That's interesting. So they can kind of just move on. I thought that it was a two year. Maybe it's a two year. Was it some sort of a um, an? No, it was a one year, twenty five million dollar deal. So I, I think it was. What I remember was they said he he wants to be there two years or something like that. He's going to play two years. So yeah, they're 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 free of his money. They could just move on and get Wentz, and they have a lot of uh, cap room too. So. That's a really good call, old coach. um, Look, if if they if they do go after him, I think it's for all the right reasons. And if they don't, well, maybe that's also a little alarming too, because they're they're kind of on the precipice this uh, this um, this Colts team. I mean, they got a great defense. They're you know what top five at the if you're being you know uh, generous, it's it's top ten at the very least. I mean, they're they're a top defense. They've got the greatest running back in the history of, of, of the league. No, I'm joking. I'm just being a little crazy, but they got a great running back. They have, they have two great running backs. Actually, Hines is the perfect compliment. Yeah. Um, they've got good weapons. T Y Hilton's resurfaced again. Hopefully Paris Campbell can come back. Pittman's looked every bit as advertised. Um, if you know, they've got a, uh, some tight end issue if moali Cox can be the player he was on in short spurts. They're amazing. They might have everything they need to put it together. Their Offensive line is dope. They don't have many needs, you know, so if, if Wentz can go there and play, you know, like he's played, uh, you know, the good Wentz, yeah, that's a Super Bowl contending team. So that's a good call. You know, obviously, you know, I go to my Patriots team and I think, boy, there's a team that needs a quarterback, uh, but they need a whole lot more, too. So I think their rebuild has to happen in a different way. But, you know, in Bill, we trust. But, you know, I'm starting to starting to wonder
1: being a Patriots fan as well. Um, when when Wentz got benched, the first thing I, I tweeted out was, all right, he's going to the Pats. Um, <laughs> so uh, Indianapolis looks like a better fit probably for him. 100%. I mean, he knows where he'll end up. Uh, the Patriots will be players in the quarterback um races this summer, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, they may bottom feed a little bit like they did this past year. I don't think they're ready to push all in, right? I think they kind of know that. Like – they had a great quarterback and Tom Brady. They couldn't do it because they're, you know, they, their skill positions are terrible. Edelman's old. Like they, they really don't have shit. You know, their offensive line is good, not great. Um, you know, they have literally zero tight ends. Like they, their tight end um, target per snap played has to be the lowest in the league by like leaps and bounds. Like. They have, they have guys that like play all game tight ends and they never see the ball. They're basically like, you know, the sixth offensive tackle is all they are. It's crazy. It's unbelievable. And and then they've got, you know, Jacoby Myers, Demir Bird, and the ghost of Nikhil Harry as their wide receivers. I mean, it's pretty bad.
1: It's really bad. Um, funny thing about the tight end position, though, when you say that, uh, People thought the the two kids they drafted would just walk in and be drunk. Right. Um, I, I have friends who are they think they're diehard football fans, but they're pretty casual. And like one of them was, well, we don't have a tight end. We don't have a tight end. And I had to ask him straight out, well, how many teams have great tight ends? Well, well, they should try to get Kelsey. Yeah, the Chiefs aren't going to give you <laughs> Kelsey. Like, do you understand? Like, how many great tight ends do you know?
0: Five. And, like, and, yeah, none.
1: Yeah. His, this guy's answer was Kelsey. Right. Yeah, said, just get him. a couple of other really good tight ends besides Kelsey and Kittle, but yeah, they're not going to give him up, dude. There's only, like, a handful of really good tight ends, and those teams aren't going to just let you have them, right? Even,
0: even, if, they, even if they traded for Kelsey – uh Kelsey would jump out the fucking plane on the way to New England if he was going from <laughs> Mahomes to to Cam Newton. He'd be like, "Fuck, it's over. Don't worry about it. That's that's it's been a good life. Sayonara." I'm gonna have to block. What? <laughs> yeah, get me out of here! This is bullshit. It's yeah, not
1: absolutely. What yeah, that's all he <laughs> does. In in here in Boston, one of the. I don't know if you know Scott Zolak, uh, was a backup quarterback for the Patriots for a long time. He's on a radio station out here in, in Boston, and uh, he hates Travis Kelsey because he's a little bit of a
0: blowhard Zolak.
1: Oh, a little bit, huh? Thank you. <laughs> he hates Kelsey, and anytime it comes up, you just hear this guy rant and rave about how he doesn't block. He's a tight end, but he doesn't block. And I'm like, yeah, but that's. Not his job. He blocks
0: just fine too. Zo's a, a job fucking moron.
1: Uh, yeah. Zo, Zo is uh, Zo is not the smartest guy. No, he is not. The
0: one thing, the one thing we corner the market on in Boston, although I'm in sunny California, but the one thing we corner the market on in in Boston are awful um, radio uh, personalities. <laughs> can't can't be beat. <laughs> you know they've got racist undertones they're just the some of the worst people you'll ever you're like jeez this is this it's really painful to listen to and people don't even realize it like i have to call my friends at home and they're like they'll they'll start venting to me about what it, what they're actually saying about like jason tatum is a perfect example this kid's like 22 and he's like putting up numbers that no other 22 year old has and, and they're just saying he's not good enough he couldn't get him over the hump it's like hold on a minute <laughs> what, what the God.
1: fuck is you <laughs> like, doing the, the clowns saying those things don't even know basketball. It's hilarious. It is. I, it's
0: ridiculous. You're like, oh, my God. It's almost embarrassing, really. I mean, but they get they get listeners, and and that's why we're so stupid in the Northeast. That's just the, oh, my God, it's so bad. Let's move on before I get upset. You you get a Boston guy on here. Next thing you know, we're talking about Boston Sports Radio and Jason Tatum on a Dynasty f- football podcast. My apologies. This is what we do as Boston guys. We start commiserating.
1: But, but at least Jayna, Jason Tatum's awesome. So he you know, that, it's that's okay. True.
0: He is great. It's it's very refreshing to know that we've got him and that the guys who run the Boston Sports Radio aren't the general manager of the team. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I laugh at those things. I don't get mad at it because I know what they're doing. They're, they're just trying to create some kind of a narrative to make people call in. Um, a couple of those guys will already right tell you their job is to fight with fans, and they do this. Oh, and, and,
0: and, and Reedy, by the way.
1: Her- they sound ridiculous. Like I have to shut it off. I can't listen to it.
0: But Reedy, Reedy. By the way, we're we're doing an NBA podcast, uh, the Undroppables NBA podcast. It's going to be not like, uh, well, it's going to be like this one where there's no useful information. It's just going to be bullshit and banter. <laughs> uh-
1: <laughs> well, what's funny is I didn't want to play fantasy basketball, but I'm a basketball guy. That's what I played, and and I love basketball. Like I go to a lot of Celtics games, and I mean a lot of games. Nice. Um, I'm a big basketball guy. I just don't. So we'll
0: we'll do it because the way we're going to do it, and I'll announce it here on the pod, um, is we're going to do it where it's just sort of like um, who knows who's going to be on it. You know, random, random host. One of the, you know, we got like 20 some odd guys. We're just going to, you know, it's going to be completely fucking random. You know, don't don't plan on it coming out every Tuesday or when it might come out once a month, twice a week. Who the fuck knows? And it might be me and you. It might be him and her. But it's just going to happen, and we're just going to get on and 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 talk basketball. And it's really great because there's actually a ton of Celts fans in the Undroppables and a ton of Laker fans. So you yeah, know, we
1: have the Laker fans, by the way, we yeah, need-
0: there's like five and five. It's like we could do a five on five. You know, of course we would fucking kill them. But you know, point of the matter is, we could play five on five with the Laker fans, the the, the dumbass Laker fans we have in the Undroppables. It's a shame, and the smart, really intelligent Boston Celtics fans we have on the undroppables as well. We could do a five and five game.
1: Yes, yes, we could. It's easy to be a Lakers fan when they're winning.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started. Oh my god. Uh, moving along. Let Let's talk about something else that's really fun. We're gonna skip a little bit of this late. What about What about Let's just go back and talk about preseason one point oh one. Did you have JT or did you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire?
1: Um, I had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because I thought he was walking right into the starting position there with the Chiefs. Um, and that that was why I had him over JT. I didn't think JT was going to start. Remember, Marlon Mack was there. I thought at best JT would be splitting with Mack because Mack is pretty good. Um, I don't think he's as good as JT, by the way, now that I've seen a good sample size. JT's really good. But that was the only reason why, right? Like, like uh, I've taken heat for this, by the way, on Twitter, where I say things like, you know, volume and usage over talent, and people get mad at me. Sure, as you may or may not realize, I am one of the biggest never mixing guys. For instance, right, like I don't want mixing on any team I have. I don't want mixing and and people like BZ and Polly and whatnot fight with me all the time on Twitter. He's so talented. Yeah, I don't care. I only care about the fantasy points he's giving me, right? So so, uh, Clyde Edward Talaire was looking like he was walking into a starting job, and he did, and he's been pretty good, um, but he hasn't been as good as JT now. So preseason, I was Clyde Edward Talaire, and that was based on on, uh, what I could see, um, you know, utilizing the process. He was going to have the backfield. The other guy was going to split. I want the guy that's going to get twenty touches a game. Um, dynasty long term, I'd rather have Taylor. Um,
0: yeah, I think that, I was just I about to say. I don't even
1: think it's close. By the way,
0: yeah, this is interesting because I was going to say you're. This was a perfect way for you to answer that question. We didn't prep this. We didn't even talk about this, and I wasn't sure. I didn't know. You're more of a redraft guy. I'm more of a dynasty guy. This is redraft brain versus dynasty brain, and you're right. From redraft brain. I actually agree. You know, C H was the better bet if you're just if if you're on the clock in a redraft situation in in August, and you have you have to pick one of those two. I would have leaned C E H as well. So I don't disagree. I think his opportunity for opportunity, if you will, right now his opportunity share, you know, was uh had a greater uh pie chart of of opportunity. He just did, but in a long term the the opportunity creates itself for the for the talent. And so as Something. a dynasty as a dynasty brain coming into a rookie draft, you really have to think talent over opportunity. And yeah. that's a little bit contrary to how we think of it truly, in you know, a redraft setting or a waiver wire setting. Like I don't care how good he is, but if you know uh, Salvin Ahmed is gonna get, you know, uh, twenty five carries. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. I'm going to play him, right? Yeah. He's got this massive volume. I'm playing him. And that's that's how I looked at that. So like long term, um if I was playing dynasty or keepers, I would have drafted Taylor. I like Taylor. I like his talent. I I made the assumption that he was going to take over that backfield cuz as much as I think Mac is good, he's not special, you know? Right. Mac is he's not special. He, oh, he's good. He's, um, but CEH I knew was going to get the volume off the right away. Um, I also actually kind of like Acres a little better than CEH, but we'll let that one fester with people, I guess. Um, I like Acres. Um, I would have CEH after all, Acres and JT um, and Dynasty probably. And in redraft uh, preseason, I had CEH. I had both of them just because I knew he was going to start.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right on the money. You know, early on, you know, I, th- I think I'm going back now to March, so February, March, right? Uh, you know, well before, you know, almost this time of year. You know, I mean, almost exactly a year ago, really. Um, you know, I had Ceh in the mid-second round uh, of a rookie draft. Um, you know, well behind, you know, a lot of players. I mean, and he vaulted to that spot, which actually is still, I mean. Second round is a, is a good player. I mean, you know that's not a yeah. that's not a that's not an affront to this kid. I mean, you know we took T Higgins in the second round this year. So you know Antonio Gibson was taken in the second round. Chase Claypool was taken after the second round. Good players go in the second round. So that's not like a I was low on him. I actually thought I was kind of like finding a little bit of a sleeper. I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to have some Ceh, know, I can probably take him. You know late first early second this is gonna be great and then when he lands in kansas city he vaults all the way up to that 1.01 and i was like boy oh boy this is this is really difficult and and i had to sort of grapple with liking this player because i do i I do think ch is a good player with the how do i take him above acres swift and dobbins and and i did take him once in one draft ahead of those guys but i for the most part, I had those four players ahead of CEH the whole way and, and I think we're starting to see it a little bit with JT. Um, so, you, you know, you're welcome to all the JT, all, all the JT love we got out there. I'm sure... You know all the people who are sort of in my vortex, and, and listen, have JT over CEH, and had him in their in their one hundred and one or you know one hundred and three slot. And so I just wanted to celebrate once again. It real feel, feels really good. We were talking about all the, the bad Boston sports media, and I just needed to talk about CEH versus JT to make myself feel better. So uh, thanks for doing that. <laughs> yeah,
1: hey, um, I took some heat on Twitter over JT this season when I had him as a heartbreaker a couple of times. People were all mad at me, and I know most of the community's dynasty guys. And I'm like, "Are you playing him this week?" No. Then he's a heartbreaker. Yeah, he and, was know, a tough. I'm like I'm like I'm like, look, this doesn't mean I don't like him. I'm literally talking about this week, <laughs> right? right? You're probably right every I'm time too. Him. Don't play him. Trust me, don't play him. Yeah, um, it's it's like uh, some of the things I read mentioning Ceh and the Chiefs. Um, Today, I uh, read a lot of people saying to add Le'Veon Bell because C.E.H. is out. And, you know, you're crazy if you don't because of that offense. I I, I mean, I would add Le'Veon Bell, but Le'Veon Bell doesn't have a great matchup on Sunday. And Le'Veon Bell hasn't looked special since he left Pittsburgh. So, you know, while he could get you two touchdowns, I mean...
0: I don't know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, we talk about uh, Patrick Mahomes. He's he's got two things going for him that actually go against the running back. Number one, he has an amazing ability to avoid, you know, rush subtly and throw the ball down the field at, at will. Like amazing, like. He is not check down Charlie. He is throw it downfield at a high rate. So the check down is not really his preferred uh, method of moving the ball down the field, number one. Number two, if and when a play does break down where everything is covered, he does also have scrambling ability. He has the little bit – well, he has probably a lot more of that Konami code than he utilizes because he's so good at – Number one, but number two, he's also really good at escaping and getting, you know, 10, 20, 30 yards like in the Super Bowl for a touchdown, something. So he's that good. And so the dump offs aren't as prevalent. He's not Phil Rivers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. He's not. And so his running backs aren't targeted this, you know, huge amount. They're targeted okay, but not that much. And so the targets are a little lower uh CH has struggled near the goal line just because he's small and i guess that's why i don't know i mean he just has struggled at the goal line was well,
1: uh, line isn't necessarily made for that either so
0: right true and and that can turn around right and and i i thought his pathway to to success was you know even if he only had 200 carries you know 75 targets which looks like this is about what it's going to be but he could still have 15 touchdowns. He just didn't. He has what five or something on the season. Like he yeah. just hasn't been a touchdown maker, which traditionally the one thing that has been true in the Mahomes offense is the running back, the running back, meaning all running back, total production has yeah. been touchdown productions. has been, have been t- touchdown producers. Uh, CH just hasn't. Uh, so that's been a little bit of a, of a tough spot for him. Now he's hurt. He'll, you know, obviously he's, he's no longer a, 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 an asset uh, this year, but in dynasty, someone asked me, "What do I do with Ch?" I am a firm hold. Look, I'm not selling low on a player like that because next year, guess what? Lev Bell's gone. Who, you know, I suppose Damian Williams could show again. I don't think, you know, I think Ch is going to have pretty much that 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 backfield share to himself. That opportunity share that you saw this year, for the most part, it's going to be his. And if he's anything, he's going to perform. And if you don't think he's very good, and you think he's not quite you know, the player that some think he is, kind of like me, you'll probably wait for him to show himself in a game and, and have a big one and then trade him at that point. So I would be waiting, just wait for the right deal. Don't ever sell low on a player like that. It's just panic selling on a 21-year-old running back in the Chiefs offense is a stupid idea. So just relax.
1: That's what I was going to say. Panic selling on a young running back in the best offense in the league is just crazy. That's now just I- go. I wouldn't go insane and overpay either to get them, right? I,
0: you could probably you could probably buy low on them right now, though. I think there's probably some people like me in the, in the league. I've got to meet. You know, I'm I'm playing the Super Bowl in that league, or you know, actually, I played in. the – I got bounced in the Super Bowl because I couldn't even play him this week. Um, you know, and so I didn't have that elite running back at my disposal. So it's kind of frustrating. I'm a little bit pissed off by him. And those who did roster him did not get what they wanted uh, down the stretch from him. Whereas JT owners are kind of getting what they wanted from him down the stretch, um, you know, which is a little bit of a poetic justice in my opinion, but let's move along to some of the other games. Wonderful. Hey, yeah, let's hit, let's hit anything you want. I mean, I'm looking at the, at the slate and, you know, I see one game that kind of sticks out on Sunday, uh, Rams and Seahawks kind of an interesting game there. Actually the one that's probably the best, for points is going to be Green Bay, Tennessee um, on Sunday night. What a fucking game. Sunday night football, Tennessee in Green Bay. There's there's going to be a lot of points in this game, or at least so we say. 56-point total in that game uh, over under, which is a lot.
1: Well, you know what defense really sucks against running backs? After, say, like uh, the Lions and the Texans and the Raiders? Green Bay. Green Bay. They suck against running backs. Um, Henry, Hen- Henry's pushing for what, 2000 yards? He inched closer again this week. Um, so, you know, I-, I would expect him to run for 150 or more yards, uh, against Green Bay without batting an eye. Uh, another, I get asked way too many questions on Twitter. I have friends that have even noticed it and commented on it. Like, you don't have that many followers to get all the questions you get, but I answer. So I get more, I guess. That's I right. Get- I guess that's how it's it, how it works, right? Um, I, I don't mind it. I like the interaction, so it's good. Um, but I got into it a little bit with somebody uh, just a couple of weeks ago in regards to Tannehill. You know, they said he wouldn't produce because Henry was going to rush for like 200 yards. And I said, for some strange reason, Tannehill still manages to throw two or three touchdowns or run for one and throw two or throw another one. Every single week, he's such a high floor play because like ceiling isn't as high as like Mahomes, but his floor is very high. Um, and you know Green Bay is going to score, right? So, you know this is looking like it, it's going to be one of the higher um, scoring games of the week. I would want to play my Packers because um, Tennessee's not that great against the pass. So, you know, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are obviously going to have good games. Um, I, I Tennessee's not exactly stellar against running backs, by the way, as well. They're like the seventh worst defense in the league against running backs. So, you know, Aaron jo- Jones is probably going to have a good game. I don't – I believe Jamal Williams is not going to play as of right now. He, he didn't practice today anyways. So that just means, you know, Adams, Jones, Rodgers – if you're gonna plug them in, in uh what time is that game at?
0: It's it's the Sunday night game, five twenty. All right. So it's game
1: the single game slate. Those guys are gonna produce um and again the Texans, you know, AJ Brown, Tannehill, Henry, uh you may see some Corey Davis as well, but you know, your studs on both those teams are gonna have good games. This is looking like a high scoring affair.
0: Um I like it. I like it, you know? Yeah, like there's, a, there's a there's a lot of Titans um, players in Super Bowls, uh, meaning in fantasy Super Bowls, because I, I was looking a lot of Tannehill. You know, Tannehill has been a great quarterback, um, you know, especially if you picked him late and, and put some other things around your team. Super Flex Leagues and Dynasty Leagues, if you had him, he was a he was sort of a secret code to unlock in a great season. I, I know he helped me to. Um, you know some playoff berths and and certainly helped me move along into a Super Bowl. So you know the Corey Davis, AJ Brown, they they're on some Super Bowl teams. Certainly Derek Henry is going to be on a lot of them because he performed last week. So if you had him, you were riding him. He performed again, and he's probably going to perform yet again and win some Super Bowls. I think Derek Henry could be you know the sort of the playoff MVP or the 2020 you know fantasy MVP, both regular and, and postseason, because. He, you're right. He's got a great matchup in prime time, and how he pertains to Ryan Tannehill in terms of production. I think you're the the, the person you get into it doesn't look at it correctly because it's kind of like how the good quarterback who converts first downs helps the running back even. When the quarterback's good, you know, hey, you're going to get – it's kind of the the Kansas City theory, right? Why do Kansas City running backs score a lot of touchdowns? Because Mahomes awesome. Same reason why Tannehill can score touchdowns because Derrick Henry's awesome. He's able to convert, convert, convert. Now the team is like, Jesus, this Derrick Henry fella. And Tannehill with the play action, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis over the top. So, yeah, some of the big plays. It only takes one to score, you know, and some of those plays come because of that – Uh, excellence that is Derrick Henry in the run game. So, yeah, you got to kind of look at it. They help one another out. If you have a shitty running game, well, maybe that quarterback's going to have a really hard – i.e. Pittsburgh uh, against Cincinnati. (laughs) It was fucking brutal to watch. Just so you know, I'm going to review. I had Juju Smith-Schuster in in a league that I needed him to score at 20 or whatever, but still, regardless of what it was. And then watching that shit show was – Unbelievable! I mean, I, what? what yeah, you know, I had a friend who we, were, you know, he's listening. God bless you, Keegan. Love you. Uh, he he wanted to, you know, he's in this dynasty league. It's a it's a murderer's row. It's a great league. He's a committed owner. He's got a great team, and he he had uh, he was down twenty with Chase Claypool and Tyler Boyd. Woof! Boyd got like shut out. I don't think he caught a pass. And Claypool, I mean, you know, so watching that game was like torture. Uh, for most people, I'm sure, you know, I was in one league where I was up against Deontay Johnson. He was the only guy doing anything. And uh, my opponent got to within one or two points and then he got hurt. And I was like, oh, shit, this is great. So he came off the field and, and never to be seen again. Basically, you know, didn't have another catch after he kind of tweaked himself. So uh, sorry about it. But it did make me feel good that uh, I did win my my matchup. Sorry about it, Deontay um, moving along. You, you know, Uh, There's some really cool games like Philadelphia, Dallas, Um, you know, it's kind of a loser leave town game, you know, I mean, literally, because whoever loses that game is out. Whoever wins that game actually has a pretty good shot of winning the division. Mind you, this is a five and nine versus a four, nine and one matchup I'm talking about. But like literally driver's seat for the playoffs, Uh, Washington hosts Carolina, Um, the Rams in Seattle. These games are weirdly like <laughs> like interesting uh, obviously the rams seattle is gonna be a great uh, late afternoon game which could actually go either way right i mean it could shoot out or not total's only 47 and a half i think vegas sees it as another grinded out game but that game has the potential to kind of get a little a little back and forthy don't you think
1: yeah the funny thing is with the rams when you think they're going to score a lot of passing touchdowns, they score running touchdowns. When you think they're going to score running touchdowns, they score passing touchdowns. They have a really balanced offense. Um, I like Robert Woods this week a lot. I think yeah. he, he – um, you know, Seattle's not very good against quarterbacks or wide receivers, by the way. You know, they're pretty brutal. That doesn't mean anything with Goff, though, by the way, as the Jets prove. Right. No, it doesn't. Uh, and Seattle's
0: difference. particularly Seattle's particularly bad against the slot, um, yeah. and so it could be a Cooper Cup game too. But you know they kind of move those guys in and out of the you know jet sweeps and motions. They they move guys around, so it really could be anybody. But whoever's lined up in the slot, uh, look for them to be wide open.
1: I would expect. Uh, so the last time they played, Cup was five for fifty. Uh Five catchers for 50 yards only. That's all he had, surprisingly, against Seattle. Um, and, you know, <laughs> Woods wasn't much better. He had five catchers for 33 yards uh, because they they did it with their, their tight ends, I think, in the slot that game, by the way. And then they scored all their touchdowns running. So every touchdown they scored that game was rushing. I know because I played Jared Goff that game and was swearing. The entire time You know, what the fuck Just throw a touchdown What the, ah, what the fuck The whole game um, You know, it it was very painful for me Because, you know, the process said Seattle sucks against quarterbacks Golf is good play And, you know uh, The coaching staff for the Rams said Ha ha We're gonna run the ball a lot Um But that should be a high-scoring game, to be honest. The Seahawks' offense is pretty potent. Wilson, though, has been just subpar as of late. But this is probably a get-right game uh, for those guys. Even though the Rams' defense is really good, they're going to have to throw. Uh, The Rams are going to score points. Seattle's going to score points. I, I can't see them not scoring points.
0: Yeah, it's kind of what I'm thinking is that they're going to both sort of be forced into throwing the football and if if one of them scores quick, it could be sort of that thing where it's like they they each feel like they have to catch each other. Um if if the game gets sort of, you know, ground down into the muck, it could stay there too where each team is sort of content to play a 7-7 game, a 6-6 game and, you know, or a 6-9 game even better. Uh nice. Uh but you know, just kind of play that low-scoring game, but I think they're, you know, like I said, if if one team is up 10 nothing, it's like all of a sudden that other team, you know, starts to get a little feverish, and you know, you, you know, you know it when you see it. But um, you know, LA's defense is really good. Um, mo- moving moving on, I think the the team that I think could could win all the Super Bowls is Kansas City's at home against the Falcons. They have a they have a huge implied total too. It's like you know they score thirty every week you know, literally like, uh, I mean, if they don't score 30, it's kind of, it's an aberration with Kansas city. They're favored by 10 at home against an Atlanta team who could be frisky enough on offense to push that total up and just to make Kansas city keep scoring. Um, You know, sometimes in games like this, where there's a big lead uh, you could, you know, it could be 27 nothing and they shut it down. But I think Atlanta is at least somewhat competent enough to keep that game close with their passing attack. Although, Matt Ryan is starting to starting to show his his uh, his years for sure but um hopefully they can keep it close if you're if you're rostering the the unbelievable stack of of Mahome's Kelsey Hill.
1: You no know, if you're rostering that i I, I hate you because that's going, should really be amazing this week. the the Falcons are really bad against wide receivers. Uh, if you want to say start your studs and we want to talk about studs. Those three guys you mentioned, Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill, are all real studs, right? Like, there doesn't matter who they're playing against. doesn't matter how good the defense is. A subpar game for them is usually like other guys' ceilings. So uh, I would expect all three of them to have big games this week as well. Uh, the Falcons, in order for them to be as productive, because believe it or not, the Tampa Bay defense is – uh, not Tampa Bay, sorry. The uh, Kansas City defense is actually not that bad when they're up. So, like, if they're up, they go after the quarterback hard and they create a lot of problems. Um, and quarterbacks and wide receivers don't tend to have great games against them because they're most of the time they're up, you know. Um, but when they're down, they can't do that. So the Falcons need to come out and score right away. They're capable of it. Um, and at least keep the game close. If they don't do that it's going to be a long day cuz Kansas City's number 2 against wide receivers. They can defend the pass, but they defend it good when they're up.
0: Yes. Yeah, Kansas City is not very good against the run, but if you're down fucking 17, good luck, you know. Yeah, go ahead and run the ball. We don't give a shit. And who are so you think they- the ball with from Atlanta? Gurley? I don't no, know. Actually not. They they did there were some rumblings that Ito Smith is now the starter there. And uh, my early year, uh, Todd Gurley as is a is a value takes are fucking on fire. I will just tell you that. They're literally in the dumpster burning on fire. Should have sold when I said that. I was wrong. Just want to let you know, guys. Sorry about that. Thankfully, I only have like one or two Gurley shares out of like whatever I'm in, you know, too many Dynasty Leagues. So, you know. earning his receipts. Oh. Yeah, just burn it. Receipt King, fucking, just <laughs> that's right. Burning the receipt. Sorry, ticket stub is fucking in the trash. See you later. Never was at that show. Don't remember it. But you know, no. But I mean, you know, there's times that you're you're right. There's times you're wrong. And look, he wasn't explosive. I, the the take was he was returning value. Not that he was good. We kind of know he's not. He, he's a little bit worse than we thought too. And I, it's really sad. Actually, in some ways, it's kind of. Depressing. He's a 26 year old kid who obviously is having some some physical issues, which is just you know that's that's tough, man. I hate injuries. I've said that a million times on the show. Like injuries suck, um, but you know it's also at this particular point. I think you should be circling some teams that are kind of in in, in Atlanta. Fucking is this team the give up team the team like imagine being on the atlanta plane from atlanta to kansas city going oh great yeah fucking mahomes this is gonna be awesome
1: that that's the thing that gets me so as much as it could be a shootout it's actually more likely that the chiefs get up and then just
0: pummel the falcons (laughs) yes that's correct
1: More than likely what will happen. And Gurley, by the way, your take wasn't bad because up until week nine, Gurley was very efficient and serviceable. He was a really yeah. good running back too. And and then, I mean, he's, as we all expected, you know, eventually his knees would become a problem. Week 11, uh, that happened. And he has been useless since, right? Yep. So, yes. But, but the first nine weeks, I mean – he was somebody that that you were playing, and you were happy you were playing. Him. I don't think you had a bad take. Uh, nine weeks' worth of, of good usage before an injury is, is not – injuries can't be predicted. I mean, I know Gurley, we expected him to get hurt, but still. How do you feel about Russell Gage this week?
0: Actually pretty good, right? I mean, here's the thing. It's like – Julio is what what's what what's the current let me I gotta look up Julio because it's all about what Julio does I think if Julio plays which I don't think he is am I right I don't think he's gonna play he's questionable right now but he's on the wrong side of questionable right uh most recent uh has no plans to be shut down for the season I mean this is just bad man you know the hamstring you know is an issue he's kind of tried to play through it and then pulled back out and yeah, I mean, even if he, pl- the thing about it is if he plays, he kind of blocks someone else's production uh, because I don't think he's right. So, uh, Julio again, he's only thirty-one. It doesn't need to be over yet, but it's not looking good for Julio Jones either. So Atlanta, really, uh, something in the water down there. Not 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 so good. So yeah, Russell Gage is obviously a great play uh, again in comeback mode. They're gonna they're gonna throw the ball enough. I'm sure you know. Um, um, Matt Ryan's going to throw at least five touchdowns. I just don't know which team, but definitely he's going to throw five touchdowns. Uh, You know, who's going (laughs) to catch him?
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, Gage might throw one himself. (laughs) Yeah, nice call. If he's getting seven uh, to ten targets like he has been, he's very usable, right? Like he's a viable fantasy option. Um, Ridley is obviously going to be the one they're going to key on, and, and that makes Gage viable.
0: All right, so so we're going we're going to go out pretty soon. I've got a couple quick things I want to hit. So number 1, um I think you you and I talked about this. The the beauty of a Pats fan right now is that we're going to watch the Monday night game which is Buffalo at New England. We're going to see the week 16, the fantasy football playoffs are going to you know come to an end and a, come to a conclusion as the Patriots dynasty also comes to a conclusion. Uh, on on national television, as the Buffalo Bills come in and kick the shit out of my New England Patriots on national TV, um, which is going to be a little painful, but a little bit cathartic at the same time. I'm not worried about it. We have nothing to complain about. We've had the greatest run as a New England Patriots fan that any team has ever had and ever will have. I just don't think it's ever possible to to have that type of consistency over the period of 20 years. Doesn't seem feasible. Doesn't even seem feasible looking back at it. When I when I hear the stats, like. You know, we won 13 out of 15 division titles or something. It's like, that doesn't happen. Uh, so, you know, we're grateful. We're not going to be upset. We're not going to be little uh, bitches about it. It's, it's going to be great. We're going to watch Buffalo come in there and kick the hell out of them. The only way we're going to win that game is if we win it like 12-10. Like, we ain't <laughs> fucking winning 30-27. to 27. Let me just promise you that shit. That Ooh. offense
1: is putrid. They can't score thirty. I mean, they that's can't. three games. That's three games worth of points right there this offense.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if they play eighteen quarters, we might get there, but not probably not gonna allow that to happen. Um, you know, and 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 as much as I respect the dolphins, I really do, I respect the dolphins, okay? Um, no, no, but I respect them. I just don't want them in the playoffs. And it isn't by hate. It's because of if the Dolphins don't make the playoffs, that means the Ravens do. And we can all say whatever we want about how cool and Flores has been great and Tua and all the – Baltimore is the better TV watch at this point. And if you just take all the playoff games that would be right now, if the season ended right now, and ex- except for the Dolphins, just scratch them out and let uh, Baltimore get in there, This is this is your playoffs. Ready? Baltimore at Buffalo.
1: Oh, that would be so much fun to watch.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Baltimore-Buffalo? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, Baltimore-Buffalo. Lamar Jackson versus Josh Allen. Unbelievable. Indianapolis at Pittsburgh. Give me that. Two defensive teams. I mean, just two old quarterbacks. Like, Rivers, Big Ben, the whole thing. JT, uh, you know, in Pittsburgh. Like, yes, please. Ready? Ready?
1: looking like they can't win that game right now, They though. can't
0: win that game. They can't win that game, it feels like, right? Exactly. It's going to be so awesome. And then Cleveland, Baker, Mayfield at Tennessee, like Chubb I, versus Henry. You know, that would be a great game to watch. <laughs> Come on.
1: Completely balanced offenses. I mean, I Ugh. I don't remember who had the original take. I know I agreed with it when, when uh, Odell Beckham Jr. got hurt uh someone in a fantasy circle said this is probably the best thing to happen to this offense and i was like i agree i think it probably is too because he's even if he's not verbally saying i need the ball you know you're paying this guy a lot of money he he's had huge success elsewhere the feel is from what watching the games that Mayfield feels he has to try to feed him the ball and uh, it wasn't working. And, and Beckham got hurt, and the whole offense opened up after that. I mean, it helped Chubb coming back from injury too, by the
0: way. But Paul, Paulie said that on the on the pod last week. I'm sure that's where you heard it. And then you go to the NFC, right? Arizona at New Orleans. Like, give me some Kyla Murray in the Dome against Breeze. Uh, the rematch, Tampa Bay at Seattle. Brady versus Russell Wilson god that's going to be a shootout that's going to be a 50 point game easy that'd be fun to watch as well yes a lot of fun and then then the kind of weird game will be the rams against whoever comes out of the nfc east um right now it's rams versus washington which fuck that's weird i'd love to see rams versus philly or rams versus dallas just for the you know the probably philly would be the best actually just to get hurts in there but you know even Washington with that defense, it'd be fun to see if they could upset the Rams by just playing badass defense that whole game in Washington. So, look, the, the playoffs are going to be special this year. Um, that's pretty much locked in. I mean, there's a few things that could change. Again, I hope that uh, Baltimore kind of gets in over Miami because Miami at Buffalo doesn't really have the same appeal that Baltimore at Buffalo does. So let's see if we can get that happening. But right now, the playoffs shaping up to be just fucking outstanding. The other thing I wanted to mention to the folks listening is it's time to gear up because this was the last show of the fantasy regular season we have um it's it's on the it's on the website right now we did a three round dynasty superflex rookie 2021 rookie mock it's up we've got you know a quick little blurb not a big write up but a quick little blurb from each pick and it's three full rounds 36 picks third uh, 12 of the of the undroppables team members i got lucky actually unlucky in some ways got the 1.01 uh no surprise there but you know uh just awesome it's just so much fun it was fun to do it was fun to write up it was fun to see who everybody took i think you guys are going to enjoy it so hop on the website theundroppables.com uh next week you know, we'll have a a little bit more of a dynasty centric. And, and from now on, literally from next show forward, it's all off season. So it's all about prepping for that, that rookie draft. And that's, what's so much fun. So I did want to devote this last show to really looking at it. And that's why I was happy to have Michael Reedy on, who's really our redraft, you know, not expert, whatever you want to call us, but you know, he is really good, digs in deep and you got to read his articles each week, Untangling the Wire and Heartbreakers, uh, excuse me, uh, Moneymakers and Heartbreakers. Every week, he gives you those matchups and and really dives in and does a great job. He's a, a great follow on Twitter. He's kind of mentioned it. He's very interactive. And so many people on Twitter, he's right. He said it, man. Like, he doesn't have a ton of followers, but I feel like the people who interact with you Really, really respect you, man, because you do give back. You're kind, but you know you're, you you don't fluff shit. You kind of come out and say it. I love it, man. You really have a great way about you on Twitter. I think you've really done an outstanding job. I love it, man. You're awesome. So happy to have you on the team. But um, I, I don't know if there's anything else you want to touch before we get get rolling. Um, but I just want to share all that because that's where this this the uh, this show is going to be going in, in the coming months, and it's. Honestly, it's my favorite time. This, Mike, this is like my favorite time. Literally, after the Super Bowl, when I get to dissect the the the, the prospects, talk about prospects, talk about—it's just the funnest time. So we're gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna have a lot of great guests, a lot of guys who you know, film study, analytics, college experts, uh, a lot of different people will be coming on the show, uh, and and I'll be utilizing them more than than anything to try and figure out who I like. So. Uh, it's going to be a fun ride uh, here in the off season, uh, but I, I hope you'll stick with us and have fun because that's when that's when this show is going to be the absolute fucking best, Mike. Anything you want to add? Uh, any sort of thing that we didn't touch on for the for the slate or anything else you want to talk about? We, we we can go as long as you want. We're we're still we're still live, baby.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. Deeply appreciated. As I said, it's the first time I've actually physically spoken to you, which is great. Um, deeply appreciated. I'm going to make a suggestion uh, for you, and, and there's a couple other guys I think we should pull into it, but I think we should do something uh, in regards to roster construction um, for Dynasty and for Redraft uh, during this offseason. And I know, as I mentioned uh, while we were offline, you and I both really like draft strategy a lot. Uh, we have some undroppables that are very big on zero running back, which which I'm not, Um you know, we, we probably want to do more, uh, draft prep stuff. I think, um, on your show in write-ups as well. Um, I love it. That we'll push out. Um, but I think roster construction, uh, is something a lot of people don't think about well. And I know you do. I know Polly does as well. Uh, from our interactions, I think that's something we could, we could probably bring to like your show or their show and, uh, and, and help people in the season with hundred
0: percent. I love that idea. As a matter of fact, um, probably, you know, after NFL draft somewhere in that summertime, when we're talking about it, I'm going to have you back on, maybe we could do me you Polly three man booth and talk about roster construction, both, you know, from, from Polly's perspective on dynasty and from your perspective on redraft. And of course we can all hit both. I think that'd be a really fun show. We'll do a roster construction show. That'll be great. I think that's fucking fantastic. Um, <clears throat> we're also and. Mike, I know you know this. Uh, The Undroppables, we are going to be your source for 2021 NFL draft content. Fucking book it. I'm telling you, we're going to have, you know, we have the boy. You know, you said it to me off air. What's the thing that's driving our website more than almost anything else right now?
1: offensive line rankings our
0: o line rankings are some of the best in the in the business people are coming to the site just to see the o line rankings by Brad Wire we have Tommy Moe who's a you know first of all the fucking greatest guy in the world i've said it a million times but knows his shit played at a high level on the on the defensive line obviously understands offensive line play as well so with Brad uh, and Tommy as well as uh Steven Dukes uh stoner actually was an offensive lineman as well so we've got as well as some of the other guys played offensive and defensive line at a high level some in college so we have some guys on the team that actually played in the trenches so we're going to have dedicated um analysts scouting uh the front seven uh, you know on both sides uh, offensive line defensive line linebackers so we're going to have a full draft um uh, breakdown on the site not just skill players Obviously, I'm going to be focused mostly on skill players for dynasty purposes, but we're not going to stop at just those players. We're going to dive deep. We're going to have full mock drafts for NFL purposes on the site. Uh, player breakdowns. Um, it's going to be fucking awesome. And again, it's uh, it's kind of expensive, guys. It's free, so lots of money, lots of investment for you guys. But you know, we're one stop shop. And this offseason, the Undroppables are gonna be uh, you know, front and center for you guys, and it's gonna be so much fun. It is absolute best time for those of you who are draft knicks like me, just fucking join up, climb on in, and we're gonna we're gonna ride this train together. So looking forward to it for me, for Mike Reedy, for the Undroppables, for all of us at the Undrafted, Kanan, the producer, who you know obviously has his hands full with my stupid ass. Thank you so much. All you listeners, hey. Tell your friends about it because this offseason is going to be a lot of fun. This is when it gets a lot of fun. So, hey, all y'all, sayonara. Later. Adios.